Well, my prayer is that, that our thoughts have been on the communion table from the moment, even before we woke up this morning. And, uh, and I pray that the songs we have sung, uh, have, have they talked about the payment that was made? Have they talked about why Christ came? You know, to, to consider the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the death of the only begotten Son of God that would become the atoning blood sacrifice for the remission of sin. And our, when second Sunday in December rolls around for our communion service, much of America's in full Christmas mode with no clue of who Christ is, many. Some may have a thought of, well, I think they do it. Uh, it's Jesus' birthday. That guy called Jesus. And, and it's not. You, you do know that, right? I mean, December 25th wasn't the day he was born. It, it's not. It, it's a, this is a made-up holiday. We may talk about it another time. Uh, I think it actually started back in the 3rd century. Uh, no, uh, Augustine and uh, Constantine, different ones had a piece in it. The, uh, the Catholic Church, that's why it's called Christ Mass. I don't like that because we've, you, you know I've talked about the Mass and the heresy of that, so I, I don't like the word when they break it down, Christ Mass, Christ, Christ Mass. It's not, and, and I know, and I've had people say, you know, we got the little little bracelets that we've handed out and uh, that said, keep Christ in Christmas, and somebody commented to me, well, he never was in it. And, and you, you understand where they're coming from when they say that. And the more I consider it, uh, it that does make sense, doesn't it? But I see it as, because here, here's the deal. Are we going to be able to abolish the day Christmas? No. No, we're, we're not. We're not going to be able to abolish the day off the calendar. It's, that's not going to happen. But what can we do as children of God? I believe since it is there, it is a day. It's a holiday. Is it a holy day? It's not a holy day. The Catholic Church turned it into a holy day, but it's not a holy day. Uh, we're, we're not called to... Uh, remember his birth. That's not a mandate from Scripture. The mandate is to remember his what? His death. But but knowing full well, we can't celebrate a death if there was never a birth. And is it okay to remember the birth? Well, you have to say yes because it's in Scripture. It tells of it. There couldn't be a marvelous death without a magnificent, marvelous birth. You see. And so my thinking is, and this is me, and I know others have their, their thoughts on this, but my thoughts are we can't do away with it. So let's be prepared to tell the truth of why Christ came to this earth. To tell the truth that, that there was a, a need. To tell the gospel 
to, to me, what a better time to tell the gospel than when people are thinking about a day called Christmas. Even though they've got it all wrong, we can still use the time to talk about Christ, of why He was born, of why He came to the earth He created. <laughs> the earth He created. Uh, we, we, some of us that got together Friday night, we talked about that, that His creation. You see, back some 2,000 years ago, mankind didn't know the vastness of creation, did they? We know today it goes and goes and it goes and goes. And in the grand scheme of, of the universe, of everything, what's earth? It's less than a speck. It, it, it would be microscopic in, in the scheme of all of creation. And yet God chose this planet to place us. And He chose out of all the vastness of His creation to come to this speck. And for a reason. Why did He come? Why did He come? Oh, that we might have hope. That we might have salvation. So let's pray once again before we even get started. Lord, we, we give You thanks. And just pray, Lord, that, that You would help us to see You to see the reason why Jesus came. To, to help us tell the story again of His birth. And we can't talk about the birth without talking about the cross. Because they are connected. That's why He came. So Father, help us all the more to understand. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Uh, the Gospel of John, the first chapter. John, the first chapter. We're going to go down through uh, the first 14 verses. <clears throat> we'll be uh, interjecting some more scriptures in the midst of it as we go. In the beginning was the Word. Who is the Word? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Now, now, let me pause there because in the beginning was the Word and the was, Word was with God and the Word was what? God. Perhaps the clearest and most direct declaration of the deity of Jesus Christ. You know as well as I do, there are heretical groups out there trying to twist the interpretation. They've written their own Bible so they can change this verse to make it match their belief. But, but it is not the Word was a God. That's not what it's saying. And, and, it, and it's not the Word was divine. That's not what it's saying. And the Word was God. Because the deity of Jesus Christ is foundational, is it not? It is. It's, it's, it's foundational. And John makes this clear. I want to jump to uh, uh, or Second John verses 7 through 11. 
For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. See, if you don't abide in the doctrine of Christ, and I don't believe that's talking about the deity of Christ, of who Christ truly was. If you do not abide in the doctrine of Christ, or those... Uh, whoever transgresses, transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. You know, uh, Jesus said in John uh, ten thirty, "I and the Father are one." Remember that. So, if you have the Father, you have the Son. If you have the Son, you have the Father. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. That, that seems rather harsh, doesn't it? Got to be speaking truth. And if you're going to speak, stand up for the truth. You know, son, we... <laughs> I'm sure after they pull in your driveway and pull out, they're going, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have stopped here. And But, uh, but tell them the truth because perhaps the Lord may save them. That they, he may pull them out of error, you see. Let, let's go back. I want to read verse 1 again back, back in uh, John 1. Yeah, it, it, Dusty just made the, the point that it's not saying don't invite unbelievers in your house. It's not saying that. It's, it's the deceivers. The, the one who come teaching another doctrine and trying to teach you that doctrine. Uh, but stand up for truth. So, uh, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And again, who's this talking about? Who's this him? It's Jesus Christ. It's Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, and, and you know, this is talking of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, as many as received Christ, you see, to them he gave the right to become children of God. As many as received him. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, 
And, and again, you understand that's, you know, we, we all have blood in our veins. That, that's we, the, we live. Uh, is, what's it talking about? It's, it's talking about not, not born of, of race or ethnical heritage. You see, and the, the Jews are counting on that one, aren't they? Born of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. See, not of works. Not of self-will. Not of ourselves. You know, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 said, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know, it's not of the will of the flesh. And then now back in, nor of the will of man, any man-made system, any false religion or cult, but of God. The, the Lord is my salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. We must be born again, born of God, born from above, apart from His power and Spirit. The, the message of the cross is what? Foolishness and absurdity. That, that's 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. If we just look at that just for a second. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, those who are in darkness, you see. But to us who are being saved, to the children of God, what is it? It is the power of God. The power of God. We're at verse 14. And the Word became flesh, and Christ became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, the Word, Christ, became flesh. Again, the, the most perhaps concise biblical statement of the incarnation, Christ coming in the flesh, being born in a manger, born as a baby. God Himself took on humanity. <laughs> Go back to the illustration I was talking about before. In the grand scheme of, of creation... the speck that is earth, God came to that earth. He came. He, he humbled Himself to come to that. The, the, God took on humanity. The infinite became finite. E eternity entered time into a time slot that we could put a time on it. God has no time. But He came, took on humanity. The invisible became visible when the Creator entered His creation. How, how can we even begin to comprehend that? Matthew 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which is translated, what is it? God with us. Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, coming to this earth that He created. In Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the 
found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus coming, who being in the form of God, the form of God, that, that means uh, the, the Greek word, I didn't write it down here, but it was uh, morphe, or that we get the word morph. But, but what it means in biblical terms is an exact likeness, an outward expression of an inward nature, that Jesus possesses all the attributes, all the characteristics that belong to God. Though He humbled Himself as a man, laid His glory aside so that He could come and walk on this earth and to live, that, that we may have an example to look to. Coming in the form of God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Colossians 1.15 He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He came, Emmanuel, God with us. Why did they crucify Christ? What was the reason? Well, John 5, verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him. As he was performing his miracles, he was doing things on the Sabbath. And, and because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. That's why they sought to kill him. Because He came, Emmanuel, God with us. And He came so that He may go to the cross, that He might become a perfect, once and for all, sacrifice for sin. In Hebrews 1, uh, verse 3 verses. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he, he made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the, power, the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Why did He come? To be the sacrifice. And after he, he became the sacrifice, having purged our sin back to the Father, the right hand of the majesty on high. 1 John 3, verse 5. And you know that He, that Christ, was manifested. That, that word manifest, that means He became visible. He was revealed to us. Why? Why? Why was He made manifest? To take away our sins. And in Him there is no sin. Why did He come? Why, was he, why did He become manifest? Why did He become visible? Why did He come to walk among us? And, and put yourself in the verse, child of God. Put yourself in the verse. And you know that He was made manifest to me to take away my sin. Because one day He did reveal Himself, didn't He, to you? child of God. One day 
He opened our eyes so that we might see. He, he became manifest in our heart. Jesus came to be the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice for sin. You know, that, that John that was talked about there in 1 John, <laughs> John the Baptist, what did he say one day when he saw Jesus coming? What did he say? Uh, that's in John 1 verse 29. And the next day, John, John, the, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, the Spirit had revealed it to John. He, he had come to, to be a forerunner, to, to be the voice crying in the wilderness about the one who was coming. In, in Scripture, the, the first account that we have that talks of a lamb, that, that talks of a sacrifice, is Genesis 22. And we're not going to read the whole story today. Most of you can remember the account of, of Abraham and Isaac. Remember that from Genesis? And God was testing Abraham. You, you can read, read the account over again. You know, take Isaac and go and, and, and offer up a burnt offering. I, I do want to read verse 7 and 8 in Genesis 22. So here they're on the journey. You know the story. And they're carrying all the things that are necessary for a burnt offering. And then verse 7, But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he says, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. And we know from the account, he, he, he supplied a, a ram. He supplied a, uh, the, for the offering. And, and I take that. And, and, and to me, this, this speaks to me. God will provide for himself the lamb. And many years later, after this account, he did that very thing, didn't he? God would supply another lamb for another sacrifice. And this time, the, the all-time forever sacrifice for sin. Isaiah prophesied of it. Can, can we read several verses from Isaiah 53? If it's been a while since you've read it, I'll let the word of the Lord speak to you here. In Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4. Surely He has borne our griefs. And you understand, this is talking of Christ. This, this was written some 600 years before Christ came. And so here's Isaiah prophesying. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. And again, I'm going to ask you, child of God, put yourself in the verse. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. 
He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made him his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. (laughs) And he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors and bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Well, what a tremendous passage talking about Christ and and why He came. The sacrifice, the intercessor, the substitute, the sacrificial lamb. One final, complete sacrifice for sin never to be Sacrificed again, never again, over and over and over to be sacrificed, but a once and forever sacrifice for sin. Hebrews 10, verses 7 through 14. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offering and offerings for sin you do not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. I believe talking of the covenant. Verse 10. By that will, by the will of God, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, (laughs) this Jesus, our Redeemer, you see, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I pray that we would never forget what Christ has done. The payment for sin. Sin had a cost, didn't it? Sin had a wage. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who has sinned? All have sinned, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God provided for Himself a lamb, a perfect sacrifice for sin in Jesus Christ. See, that's the gospel. That's the message of why He came, isn't it? 
the Apostle Paul gave us a, a clear picture of the gospel. And what's the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, first eight verses. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And then He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that He was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. In other words, some had died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me, the apostle Paul, as by one born out of due time. See, that's the gospel. Died for our sins, was buried, rose. The gospel for all who believe. For all who believe. By faith do you believe this morning? I pray that you do. Believe the word of God. Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because why was he born? Why did the word become flesh? So that he could become the lamb of God. Slain for our sins. Now, Dusty as we were singing. He alluded to this passage from Revelation 5. And I want to read it this morning. Revelation 5 verses 1 through 14. Consider, even as we're going through this, some of the songs that we sing, Revelation song, is he worthy? And consider the, the writers who, who wrote those songs, I believe inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, was inspired by the Word and even writing those. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a, vo with a loud voice who was worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open the scroll, to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Was there one worthy? <laughs> but one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. And, and again, all that, the, the imagery of, of the seven, the, the number uh, signifying completeness and perfection, seven horns, uh, you know, I, I believe the, 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 the horns symbolize strength and power. So, so we have perfect and complete strength and power. Seven eyes, perfect omniscience, perfect and complete understanding and knowledge. Seven spirits of God, the fullness and perfect completeness of the Holy Spirit sent to the earth. You see that? Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, 
the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Is He worthy? Yes, He is. Yes, He is. And no one else... No one else is worthy. No one could open the scroll but Him. But Him. Verse 10. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. <laughs> we're reading the lyric, or the lyric of the song goes right with this, doesn't it? And we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. <laughs> and the 24 elders fell down and worshipped Him who lives forever and ever. <laughs> Worthy is the Lamb Seated on the throne, crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious, high and lifted up, Jesus, Son of God, King of heaven. Crucified, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. <laughs> redeemed by the blood of Christ, by the Lamb of God. How were we redeemed? For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. In, in 1 Peter, the first chapter, verses 18 through 21. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. He came, our faith and our hope in him. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1 verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. You know, we, we read, the, uh, I think for a couple of weeks in a row, that Psalms 107, the first two verses. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We should be telling others, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And again, I, I feel what a wonderful time to do it is when people are, are celebrating a, a day that was put on a calendar. I understand that, but all we can use it to tell others about why Jesus came. To give Himself a sacrifice for sin. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For He... God the Father made Him, Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks, and how could we cease from giving thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ, for the gift of salvation for you loving us and providing a way when we all owed a debt that we could never repay. But you made a way through Christ. So we give thanks. And, and even now, I, I, I pray that you would help us to consider all of this, all that we've sung about, all that we've heard from your word this day as we prepare to come to the table. And help us, Lord, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, and especially here in America over the next couple of weeks, may we not be uh, blinded by all the glitz and all the other stuff that's going on. But just uh, help us, Lord, to see you. Oh, help, us to, help us to enjoy and, uh, times of, of fellowship. And, and uh, in the midst of those times, Lord, help us to perhaps have a word to say of the real reason of why Christ came. So Lord, help us remember even now, His body broken, His blood shed for the remission of sin. Speak to us, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.